Prophetic Worship, Part 1. Worship can shape your entire life. It can shape your family, your church, and the community, as well as the world around you. In biblical times, there are multiple examples from the children of Israel in the Old Testament throughout the New Testament, where worship altered the life of the believer. Even in the book of Revelation, the 24 elders bowed down and worshiped God. So it is today. The life of the believer is impacted, altered, changed by worship. Understanding worship, prophetic worship, and walking therein will alter the state of your life. One of the most critical things for the believer is to understand worship. So what is prophetic worship? What does that mean? Well, to understand prophetic worship, we first need to lay the foundation for prophecy in worship. And I will begin with worship because, again, worship is very, very critical to the life of the believer. It is critical to the life and the spiritual growth of every believer. So the word worship is found both in the Hebrew of the Old Testament as well as the Greek of the New Testament. And so the word Hebrew in the Old Testament is shaha, and it means to bow down or to lay prostrate before God. Bow down or lay prostrate before God. In Christianity, worship is reverent honor and homage paid to God. Reverent honor and homage paid to God. And what that means is that to bow down or lay prostrate before God, to humble yourself spiritually and physically before God, recognizing him as your God, that we're not equal to him, that he's greater than us. And so we're giving honor and homage to God by physically bowing down before him. There is a lot of confusion in the body of Christ today as to the difference between praise and worship, which are two different things. We're talking about worship today, prophetic worship. Praise is when we're singing before God and we're adorning God. But worship, the Bible lets us know, is to bow down and lay prostrate before God. In the New Testament, it comes from the Greek word proskuneo, proskuneo. And and again, it means to worship. It means to bow down to God, to bow down to God. The Bible lets us know in Revelation chapter 4, verse 10, it says the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will, 
they were created and have their being. The Bible lets us know that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We must have an understanding of what worship really is in order to worship God in spirit and in truth. We must also have an understanding of who God is and why we worship him. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 7, reading from the New King James Version, it says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So who do we worship and why do we worship him? Well, we understand that God is one God in three persons. And so when we worship God, we are worshiping God the Father. We are worshiping God the Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Word. And we are worshiping God the Holy Spirit because the three are one. And we have to, in order to understand prophetic worship, we have to understand worship, what worship is and who we worship and why we worship him. Because if we don't understand who our God is and why we worship him, then how can we say that we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth? Many people go through the motions. They go to church and they go through the motions. They walk through the door. They grab their favorite seat. They lift their hands for approximately 15 minutes. They run through the three songs that the choir is going to sing. They stand up and they jump for exactly two minutes and a half. And then they sit down. But they have no idea of what true worship is. They have no idea why they were even standing up. It becomes a routine. And in some cases, it becomes a theater a show, an act. People are going through the motions. They're putting on a show because they have absolutely no idea who God is and why we worship him. And there's some people that are still mixed up and confused between praise and worship. Some people get prayer mixed up with worship. But the Bible is very specific about worship. And what worship is. Again, worship can change your entire life. That is why this series is so important to the believer. Because once you really understand worship and how significant significant it is to the Father, then you will begin to understand your true relationship with God. Everything comes back to your intimate relationship with God. If we look at the creation from the very beginning, God said, thou shall have no other gods. God said, thou shall worship no other gods. Worship is that critical and that important to the life of the believer. So it's Vitally important that you understand how to worship. 
who God is and why we worship him. And many people grow up in the church. They've been in church all their life and they have no real connection between worship and their relationship with God. Because for years they've been going through the motions or they've been mistaught. They've been they've been confused because over time people have been taught the wrong thing when it comes to worship. And you need to have an understanding between the difference in praise and worship, why we worship God and who God is. So let's go into who God is. Let's talk about God the Father. God the Father is Elohim. He's our creator. And he is the creator of all things on earth, under the earth, and in the heavens. He is Jehovah. He's our Lord God. This is why we worship him. He is El Shaddai. He's our supplier and God Almighty. He's Adonai. He's our master. His truth is everlasting. The heavens were created by our God. God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We're talking about not just his names. This is not about reciting the names of God because we've all been in church services before where we've heard the names of God being recited. So this is not about reciting his name. This is about understanding who he is and why he is the only one that is worthy of our worship. And remember the scripture in 1 John 5, 7, it says the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So when we say that God is the only one worthy of our worship, we are speaking about God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, because these three are one. So God is our Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He is the one that provides for us and makes a way for us. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. All of our healing and our deliverance comes from Jehovah God. He is Jehovah Nisi, our banner. Jehovah Mikadish, our sanctifier, and Jehovah Tiskanu, our righteousness. God is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. He is Jehovah Shama, our abiding presence. This is who God is and why we worship him. Understanding that the three are one. So the word, which is God, the son, Jesus Christ, And we know this because scripture parallels scripture. Remember that scripture will never contradict other scripture. Scripture parallels scripture. And the Bible lets us know in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among them. So when the scripture in 1 John refers to the father, the word and the Holy Spirit, and it says that these three are one, the word in that scripture is God, the son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Why do we worship him? Because he is the prince of peace. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. You got to understand and be prepared to tell others who God is and why you worship him. 
We're laying the foundation for prophetic worship part one, because before we can get into prophetic worship, we have to first understand worship, which is the most critical part of our relationship with God. Remember, it's intimacy with God. You will never grow in God if you start seeing it as a religion. It is not religion, it's a relationship. Religion will never get you closer to God. It'll get you tricked and confused. But an intimate relationship, that's what the Father wants. So Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the rose of Sharon, the good shepherd, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. Those of us that know him as our personal Lord and Savior know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world, the bright morning star. He's the first and the last, the advocate and mediator between God the Father and man. All of this is who God the Son, Jesus Christ, is because he paid the price for us at Calvary with his blood that he shed for us on the cross. He's our redeemer. He's the author of salvation. He is the only begotten son. The only begotten son. There's one name written under heaven by which every man must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. You will never find another name except the name of Jesus. This is why we worship him. This is why he's worthy of our worship. He's our rock and our savior. And he is the son of the living God. Why do we worship him? Remember, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The three are one, one God in three persons. God the Holy Spirit. Many Christians have been lost when it comes to God the Holy Spirit. Because of doctrinal issues, they have been taught about God the Father, been taught about God the Son, Jesus Christ, but have a limited understanding of God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of prophecy. He reveals what is to come. That's our indwelling spirit, the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the one that equips us to perform uh, ministry duties. He's our indwelling spirit. He's the spirit of God. The Bible lets us know the Holy Spirit is the wind, the wine, and the fire. It is the spirit of counsel and power. It is power of the most high. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We're talking about God, the Holy Spirit. And it's critical for the believers to understand that when you are saved, when you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, you receive God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. 
And once you receive God, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, that means you have the spirit of truth on the inside of you. You have the spirit of prophecy on the inside of you because that spirit, the Holy Spirit, will reveal to you things that you need to know. Think back in your life. When you go ready to get in that car and all of a sudden you decided to get up and run back in the house and you missed that accident that you would have been in had you driven down that road, had you taken off five minutes before. Think about that relationship that you were in and for some reason it just didn't feel right and something kept nudging on you to walk away from it. That's God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the spirit of the living God that's dwelling on the inside of you. So understanding who God is gives us a clearer picture of why we worship him. Bible lets us know they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And you can't worship him in spirit and in truth if you don't even know who he is. Many people go to church, been in church all their life, and don't have a fresh revelation of who God is. And when I say a fresh revelation, I say because a lot of people that have grown up in the church, when they were in the children's church, they were being taught about God. Now years have passed, they're an adult, and they couldn't tell you two scriptures if their life depended on it. They couldn't tell you who the Holy Spirit is. They couldn't tell you anything about God, the Son, Jesus Christ, except he went to Calvary for us. He went to the cross and that he rose from the dead. So you must understand who God is in order to understand why we worship him. Remember, to worship is to bow down, to lay prostrate before God. So when we enter church services and we lift our hands before the Lord, there's absolutely nothing wrong with lifting your hands before the Lord. Let me be clear. You should lift your hands before the Lord. But understand, you are praising him when you do. When you lift your hands before the Lord, you are praising him. But when you bow down, when you lay prostrate before him, that's when, according to the word, you are worshiping him. When your mind and heart is set on him, on God alone, that's when you're worshiping him. And so we need to lay the proper foundation for worship and prophecy in order to go into what prophetic worship is. Remember, you do not want to miss this session on prophetic worship because worship can alter the state of your entire life. Look at the children of Israel. If you look at the story, you remember the story of the children of Israel. God brought the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's camp. He brought them out of the bondage of Pharaoh. But they spent years wandering around in the wilderness. Many of them, most of them did not make it into the promised land. You know why? Because they began to worship other gods. 
they took their eyes off the one that delivered them out of bondage. And that's what kept them from walking into the promise that God had set for them. So worship can alter the state of your entire life. That's why this session, this series is so critical to the believer. Because you have to understand worship. Because when you impart worship into your individual life, it will shape your entire family, your entire generation, your bloodline, past, present, and future generation. Your children and your children's children's life will be changed because of worship and obedience to God. So it's so important when you say yes to the Lord, you save your children and your children's children and their children to come because of your yes. How much more when you get into the right relationship with the Lord and begin to worship God in spirit and in truth, you will change the life of the entire family, your entire bloodline. You have relatives that you may never meet that will be saved because you worship. You may never meet them, but their life will be changed. Because if you look at scripture from Genesis all the way through Revelation, worship has altered the life of the believer in their entire household. The scripture says, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Worship will alter the world around you. So it's vital that you begin to understand what worship is. So we're laying the foundation for prophetic worship. And keep in mind, that the attributes and the names for God that I mentioned, they don't come close to being exhaustive. We can go for months talking about the different attributes and breaking them down to what each one means. Review them on your own time and go back and just really study into the names of God because it talks explicitly about who God is. And there are scripture references for each name for God and each attribute for God. So it goes specifically into it. Like, for example, with God, the Holy Spirit, when it talks about God being the one that will empower us uh, for duty, for ministry duties. And we talk about how the Holy Spirit is the one that helps line up our character. That's found in Galatians. If you pull out the fruit of the Spirit, that's where God, the Holy Spirit, is empowering us for ministry duties and um, our character to line up in accordance with God's will when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So go line by line and read the word and study in who God really is. Because you think about a relationship, think about when you were 12, 13, or when you got into your first puppy love relationship. You wanted to know everything there was to know about that person because you were in puppy love. Well, how much more 
if you have an intimate relationship with God? How much more should you be trying to find out everything there is to know about God? So study in who God is. Make it your declaration, your personal declaration, that every day you are going to get before God an intimate worship with God. One-on-one time. See, I grew up being taught by my big mother to get in my closet and pray. Because she was a prophet and an evangelist. And she taught me how to get in my closet and pray as a very young child. So that's what I was taught. That's what I know. I know to get in my closet and pray and get before God. Lay prostrate before God and worship. Make it your declaration that you want to grow your intimate relationship with God and find time during your day for personal worship time. Whether you are a pastor, evangelist, teacher, you're in a five-fold ministry, or whether you're in ministry of helps, whether you're not serving at all and you're just a newborn Christian, find some time every single day. I challenge you to give God 24 minutes. I won't even put you to two hours and 40 minutes. That's what we do when we do prophetic consecrations, two hours and 40 minutes a day. But I would just challenge you, just start with 24 minutes. It will change your entire life. If you spend time worshiping God, it will alter your entire world in the community around you. Worship is vital to your relationship with God because God wants that intimacy with you. Now, what is prophecy? Prophecy is a divine utterance or revelation from God. And the scripture on prophecy is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 18 where it reads, and it shall be in the last days. God says, I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, old men shall dream dreams. For those that have doctrinal differences and may question, well, in 2018, are people still prophesying? I thought prophecy went out years ago. God said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. So for anyone that has been mistaught to believe that there are no more prophets or there's no more prophesying, that is not true. Understand the scripture and read the scripture for yourself. It tells you in Acts, and it shall be in the last days. God says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. This is the word of the Lord. So it is in God's will that men and women, sons and daughters prophesy 
God said that he will pour out his spirit on all mankind. That means young and old, male and female. God is pouring out his spirit. And yes, prophecy is alive today because God said it in his word. So you have to understand prophecy is of God. And we need to lay more of a foundation for prophecy. We live in a time where there's false prophecies. There's true prophecies. And there's true prophets that aren't living properly. (laughs) So we have to lay a foundation for what is and what isn't prophecy. But if we're looking at scripture, first thing we want to deal with is whether or not God is calling people to prophesy. And the Bible lets us know that he is. And not only is he calling us to prophesy, not only is he pouring out his spirit so that we would prophesy, but the Bible goes further to let us know that young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. God has used me in visions and dreams for years. When I was a child, I would be able to tell you what was going to happen later on in the day. Because I knew it by leading of, by, by, by the leading of God. There are people all over this world. There's people on the sound of my voice. There are people that are here that are listening that all throughout different stages of your life, at different points of your life, you would have dreams. You would have visions. And then they would come to pass. You would watch them happen in front of you. And some people you even thought you were weird because you didn't come up in a church where you were properly taught about prophecy. You didn't understand the gift of prophecy. You weren't taught the difference between the gift of prophecy, prophesying, and the office of a prophet. So you don't have a full knowledge of what God is doing in your life and has done in your life. So it's brought about areas of confusion in your life. I'm speaking specifically to some people that are listening right now. You, in fact, have been rebuked for telling people what God has said to you to tell them. You have been called weird and spooky because you had a revelation from God. A true revelation from God at that. Because if it's from God, it can't be a lie. I'm speaking specifically to people that have been shunned because they had a word from the Lord. And don't misunderstand me. There's proper order. There's proper procedures. And there's a proper way when you are being led of the Lord and you're in the church. Right now, I'm speaking specifically to people that are listening that have been shunned because they had a word from the Lord. They've been called spooky or weird. And you weren't properly taught the proper way, order, submitted onto leadership, timing, method of delivery based in scripture, based in love. You hadn't been taught these things. But yet, the Bible says in Acts, 
and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. We will proclaim a prophetic word over the city, the state, and the county as the Lord leads. But it's very, very important that, especially for people that serve in an area of the worship team or that are on the prayer team or that know that they have a gift of prophecy on them, especially for those that feel called to these particular areas. You want to make sure that you are taking notes or that you're downloading from SoundCloud the sessions because it is critical that you have an understanding. But this teaching series is for anyone because any and every believer should be flowing in prophetic worship. Worship is critical to the life of the believer. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So what is prophetic worship? We've laid the foundation for worship. We've grazed the foundation for prophecy. What is prophetic worship? Dr. Frieda, what do you mean when you say prophetic worship? But let's take a look at what prophetic worship really, really means. Because again, everything that we do, we have to go back to scripture. There's false teachings out there. There are things that people have taught in error, well-intended. But everything that you do, you got to bring it back to scripture. What does the Bible say? What is it according to scripture? So prophetic worship is worship. It's just that simple. It's worship. It's where we make room for God's voice and his presence to dwell among us. Because when we are worshiping God, guess what? When you're truly worshiping God, and you bow before him, and you lay prostrate before him, and you're paying homage and reverence to God and honor to God. God enters your atmosphere. And there's something about being in the presence of the true and living God. When he enters your atmosphere, your life changes. If you have never felt the presence of God in worship, I encourage you to get in a secret place. What do I mean by a secret place? It goes back to when I was a child. When I was a child, I was taught to get in my closet and pray. One day that I was in my bedroom as a child and I was upset over something. And I was led to walk in my closet, close the door and pray. And I felt the presence of God entering. See, when you come into a place of worship, when you really lay prostrate before the Lord and you bow before him and you're praying homage and honoring him and reverence unto God, God enters the atmosphere. And like I said, if you have never experienced that before in this truest, purest sense, I encourage you, get into a secret place. Try it. Get in your closet. Give give God 20, just 24 minutes. You don't have to do the two hours and 40 minutes during our 
prophetic consecrations, we do two hours and 40 minutes of worship. But just give God 24 minutes of your day and get in a lone place with him. Put on some worship music and just lay prostrate before the Lord and honor him, adore him. I guarantee you, it will change your life.